The only thing necessary for evil to triumph in the world is that good men do nothing. So said Edmund Burke, this 18th century British philosopher. And I would venture to say history has shown Burke's words to be true. Evil does triumph when people of goodwill do nothing. But let's contrast Burke's words with the words of Jesus Christ from our gospel today, where he teaches, offer no resistance to one who is evil. Offer no resistance to one who is evil. It is hard to overstate just how counterintuitive this teaching is. And, you know, I could imagine somebody object and say, listen, Jesus resisted evil. Jesus resisted the temptations of, de of the devil when he fasted and prayed for 40 days in the wilderness. The devil's called the evil one. He resisted evil. Yeah, sure, that's true. Jesus, did he not resist the evil men who tried to stone the woman caught in adultery? Yes, he did. Did he not resist the evil corruption of the temple when he drove out the money changers? Yes, he did. So what gives? What is he saying here? What does he mean, offer no resistance to uh, one who is evil? Well, let me first explain what Jesus is not saying. He is not commanding us to do nothing in the face of evil. He is not commanding us to be absolutely passive in the face of evil. And for 2,000 years, the church has taught we have a right to defend our life if it's attacked, and we have a right to defend the life lives of others if they are attacked and threatened. Moreover, the church has always taught that a society has not only a right but a duty to protect their citizens, whether that is a threat from without and needs to repel some, some invading military force, or whether that is uh, establishing laws and prosecuting those who break them, uh, prosecute those who, whose actions threaten the common good. You know, we, Jesus is not saying that we are defenseless and we ought to be absolutely passive in the face of evil. Okay, so if that's what he's not saying, what is he saying? Well, if I, if I had to summarize it, it would be this. We are not to seek retribution or revenge, but instead we are to love our enemies. And we know this from the context of the teaching, from what comes before and after it. What comes before is Jesus says, you have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. An eye for an eye uh, comes from the Mosaic law, and it was a way of limiting retribution. You know, there's that Gandhi famously said, well, an eye for an eye leads, leaves the whole world blind. But in the ancient world, which was a much more brutal environment, this was a way of limiting retribution, preventing conflicts from turning into these vendettas and blood feuds that would span generations and lots of blood would be spilled. And even with this law, that still happened. But Jesus, he is here taking it a step further. He is saying that his disciples 
will not go after even this limited retribution, that they must be willing to love even their enemies and forget this instinct to exact vengeance and settle scores. It's a hard teaching to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. You know, St. Paul, in his first letter to the Romans, he offers us some insight into Jesus' teaching here that is helpful. In chapter 12, here's what he says. Let love be sincere, hate what is evil, hold on to what is good, love one another with mutual affection, anticipate one another in showing honor. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Do not look for revenge, but leave room for the wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Rather, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals upon his head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. Now, some of that passage is confusing, um, but, uh, and I'll get to that in a minute, but St. Paul's basically saying, We cannot respond to evil with evil. We cannot respond to evil by seeking revenge and vengeance and settling the score. Let's get to the weird part. He says, leave room for the wrath. What is that? That's referring to God's justice. When he will come again on the last day and he will repay everyone according to their deeds. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. That's St. Paul quoting, uh, I believe it's Deuteronomy. And he's reminding the Romans and us that retribution for personal offenses is God's business, not ours. Secondly, what's this line about, uh, you know, by giving your enemy something to eat or drink, you're pouring, burning, uh, heaping burning coals upon his head? Well, many commentators say this refers to the fact that when uh, somebody treats their enemy with kindness, what's the result? It can be this burning shame that leads to repentance, right? We are called to love our enemies, and to love is to will the good of another. And the greatest good we should will for our enemies is that they repent and come to know love and serve God. And you know, ultimately, this is what St. Paul means when he says, We shouldn't be conquered by evil, but we should conquer evil by good. Overcome evil by good. You know, Jesus Christ gives the greatest example of this. He was falsely accused and wrongly convicted. He was beaten and tortured. He was struck on the face, on the cheek, and he turned the other one. He didn't lash out. Uh, He was stripped not just of his cloak, but of all that he owned. And he was pressed into service with the cross to carry his own cross all the way to Calvary, and he did so. All along the way, he continued to love his enemies and pray for his persecutors. He prayed that the Father would forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he offered his life on Calvary for us all. And in doing so, he dealt this decisive blow to sin, death, and the devil. And he even converted some of his persecutors. Even some of the Romans, when it was all said and done, said, truly this man was the son of God. To love one's enemy is profoundly difficult. 
Yet with Christ, all things are possible. And if we allow him, he will gradually transform us by his grace so that we can love even our enemies and come to conquer evil with good.